Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Hello and welcome to Market View. A quick check first on how the SCI is doing before we bring in our analyst for today. Uh, the SCI is still in the green, up 0.4% at 3,203. Well, now let's get uh, Candice Lee, market analyst of SGX, on the line with us to dissect what's going on or what's going to be going on in the market. Hi, Candice. Hi, Melissa. You Hi, had a good long weekend, huh? <laughs> I did, indeed, I did. I think a we all did. Thing, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to Singapore perhaps one day moving into a four-day work week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I had my hopes high for Yes, that. two days for weekend is just not enough. Okay, let's, uh, before we look forward, I think we need to look back, right? <laughs> In Chinese, they say when you drink water, you must look at the source. Okay, so uh, last week saw heightened volatility in global markets translating into broad-based declines uh, in Asian markets. So how do you see what happened impacting local equities market? Yeah, sure. You know, you're definitely right. Last week, uh, the markets were pretty volatile with some sharp, sharp swings across the week and across the uh, markets. I mean, in the US, we're seeing Dow Jones and S&P. They were down about uh, over 2% last week. And this brought the S&P's year-to-date declines to close to 16%. And that is inching even closer towards the 20% bear market threshold. And, you know, some topics last week on investors' minds continue to be inflation, uh, interest rates, and even worries over a potential global recession. In fact, you know, last night itself, uh, Wall Street ended also slightly lower following uh, weak Chinese economic data that added worries to this uh, impending recession. Meanwhile, uh, in Asia, we are also seeing markets registering broad declines as well. Last week, it ranges from, you know, averaging 2 to 3% declines. But on the other hand, a bit of a good news, uh, mm. China's benchmark, the CSI 300 index, is stood out amongst a global sea of red last week, rising 2% and another 1% um, this morning. So, you know, one of the key drivers uh, was China's COVID-19 situation. Mm. In fact, last week, authorities denied rumours that the capital Beijing were going to lockdown and uh, Shanghai's community cases were also closing into zero. In fact, you know, this morning, uh, you know, uh, Shanghai reported three consecutive days of uh, zero community spread over the mm. weekend, which is a key milestone that authorities have set for themselves mm. to allow them to start unwinding the lockdown. And this has definitely added some positivity over mm. here and we are seeing the Asian markets regain uh, some of this footing uh, this morning. Uh, coming back to the Singapore, the local market, right? last week the STI also declined close to 3% in line with uh, broad uh, global markets. Uh, from a fund flows uh, perspective, no surprises there. The broader Singapore market also booked around $130 million of net institutional outflows last week. But nonetheless, there were close to 270 stocks that have seen institutional inflows. And this was mm. led by Singtel, OCBC and uh, CICT. Yeah. On a sector level, REITs itself are one of the sectors, financial services and industrials, they did lead uh, the outflows last week. But on the other hand, uh, sectors like telcos, uh, real estate, materials and resources, they were the sectors which received the most uh, institutional inflows last week, totaling 140 million Singapore dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you look 
deeper into the STI despite last week's uh, 3% decline. There were actually six stocks that recorded positive returns last week and, and these six stocks were City Development, Dairy Farm, uh, SGX, UOL, as well as uh, Singtel. So we are also seeing institutional investors actually buying into these six stocks last week and they received a total net instant inflow of $160 million Singapore dollars. Yeah, so you know, these are some good news for the mm. investors in the local mm. market. Mm. So, for example, well, of course, the STI along with global uh, indices retreated last week. The STI benchmark is actually one of the most defensive developed market benchmark in the 2020 year to date. And uh, total returns this year is still maintained at about 4%, while many global indices are in the red this mm. year. Mm. And, you know, sometimes people will ask, you know, so why the reason or what's the reason for the performance? Mm. Um, you know, if we use the FTSE developed index as a benchmark, that index declined about 15% this year to date. Mm. And if you look at it deeper on a sector level, technology, it has been one of the worst performing global sectors mm. this year. Mm. And in fact, it, counts, uh, it accounts for close to 20% of the FTSE developed index. And in the meantime, the tech sector actually only accounts for less than 2% of the SDI. So, you know, in general, we can see that some of the other sectors within the SDI that has outperformed, um, this was driven by a mix of consumer non-cyclicals, uh, utilities, industrials, and even real estate stocks uh, this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking even deeper, you know, which are the mm-hmm. constituents, mm-hmm. we have about 21 performers and 9 decliners. In the, in the year-to-date. And the strongest year-to-date performers included um, guys like Jardin Cycle and Carriage, Sancorp Industries and, and Capo Corporation. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, there were also other defensive sectors since the end of March, and these mm-hmm. include telcos, uh, utilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, on top of that, there's also the increased uh, interest rate focus, mm-hmm. and this has also seen banks as one of the most defensive uh, sectors globally. In fact, the three local Singapore banks just averaged about uh, close to 4% total returns, outpacing some of their regional peers. Mm. I think, you know, let's not forget, you know, there's always this uh, global reopening theme. And, you know, on top of that, this has also actually supported some of the hospitality stocks. So, you know, just give you an example, right? Uh, For instance, three of the top five performing Mm. SREs this year were hospitality REITs, right? right? And and the three of them were uh, Fraser's, uh, Far East and CDL Hospitality Mm. Trust. And they have averaged about 18% total returns uh, this year, pretty significant. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, overall, you know, of course, investors, they are worried about macro shifts, uncertainties, even a potential recession, right? Mm. But there are still bright spots in the Mm. local market, which we can look out for. And of Mm. course, this includes the ongoing uh, economic reopenings. Mm. But as you pointed out, Candice, earlier Mm. that, you know, some of the optimism that we're seeing, uh, you know, it has got also in part to do with, you know, China, right? Uh, Seemingly to have, um, you know, in the last three days, uh, at least uh, things uh, a lot more under control, right, in in terms of the COVID situation. Um, But aside from China, we're also seeing, we're seeing a resurgence, right, of cases uh, last week in in several different countries. Um, Even in Singapore, right, uh, our health minister just recently also cautioned, don't throw away your trace together, (laughs) you know, token just yet. The app, you know, can keep it in in your phone if you you can, right? So um, the thing is, if there were resurgence, right, uh, globally, including uh, to some degree in Singapore, how much much would that disrupt 
the the reopening trajectory mm. you know and and of course you know how will, how will it affect then you know uh, uh, the the singapore market mm. of course of course you know you know i was on the verge of deleting my things together <laughs> <laughs> okay just don't throw away your token because you know that belongs oh, to the yeah. government yeah <laughs> okay. yeah <laughs> but you know what you are you are you are right actually indeed there has uh, we have been seeing a rise in the number of cases but i think you know the spikes in covid-19 cases is is actually expected you know as we reopen borders and also opening up um, social mm-hmm. activities in fact health uh, minister also added on and reassured the public last week that recent numbers does not indicate a, a new wave and in fact, you know, furthermore, this morning there was also some further good news. Transport Minister announced that the Changi Airport Terminal 5 project, it will resume after being mm. put on pause yes. for you know, over two years. And of course, it's expected to be ready um, sometime in the mid of uh, 2030s to meet the uh, heightened anticipated demand. And, you know, in fact, not just in Singapore, but reopening and normalisation is also underway across many countries regionally, despite the increase and spike in cases. So, for example, Taiwan, it has shifted away from a zero-COVID strategy. And mm. Japan and New Zealand both announced plans to reopen their borders in the next few months. So, as you can see, reopening, it has been a key driver for the market. And this has been since the end of last year and even into this year. And in fact, data has also reflected this positive momentum. And we are seeing sectors such as, you know, travel and hospitality, naturally, as well as retail, office and F&B as some beneficial from this reopening theme. Some recent data highlights, right? Um, mm. Changi Airport passenger volume, it has more than doubled mm. to reach close to 40% of pre-COVID levels at the end of April. And this was up from uh, 18% in March. And of course, um, it is said that this will be on track to reach 50% of pre-COVID levels by the end of um, this year. Uh, in fact, you know, SIA's March operating results also showed some uh, increase in passenger demand over here, right? And you know, they're expecting passenger capacity to reach 60, uh, over 60% of pre-COVID levels by this month. So all these numbers, you know, all these increase in passenger volumes have in turn benefited the hospitality sector. As well, like I mentioned, right, just now some of mm. the top performing S were mm-hmm. from this, this sector. So uh, in total, we have about five REITs here listed with significant exposure to Singapore hotels. Um, together, these five REITs have averaged total returns of close to 12% this year to date. Mm. But aside from you know, market movements, in terms of operating results, most of these five REITs, they have reported higher revenue per available room in the first quarter mm. this year. And this was due to growth in average daily rates as well as uh, occupancy rates. And they've also you know, expressed uh, optimism, optimism for 2022. And as they see, we recovery and reopening, not just in Singapore, but, you know, also across their operating markets. And aside from borders reopening, we mm. are also definitely seeing activities among the locals, right? I mean, visit mm. the malls, right? Weekend mm. shopper, food stalls mm. are heavier. Yes. Restaurants are getting hard to book reservations. Mm. Uh, but, you know, in fact, these are good news for the economy and we can expect some of these spillover effect into the related stocks. Mm and sectors. So, for example, uh, Singapore's March retail sales has also Mm. increased 8.7% on a year-on-year basis and this was a reversal from the decline in February. Mm. And we're also seeing some institutional as far as retail inflows into some of the Singapore-listed F&B plays this year. Mm. So, just to name some, Jumbo, uh, Japan Seafood, 
mm-hmm. to Japan Food mm-hmm. Pavilion, yes. R-E and S, as well as Pindi, some of these names, right? I think uh, aside from F&B, there's also the retail estates. Uh, mm-hmm. They're also mm-hmm. seeing some recovery. Mm-hmm. We have about seven estates with mm-hmm. exposure to Singapore retail assets, right? And in their latest earnings, they have reported strong rebounds in tenant sales as well as a shopper mm. traffic. Mm. And of course, I think uh, let's not forget about the office uh, office place, right? The office mm. suites, which also could be beneficiaries of reopening mm. as workers return to office. So recent data showed that great ACBD office rents recovering. And in fact, this is at the fastest quarterly growth pace. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, CBRE research also expects that CBT rent to increase by about 7% year-on-year for the whole of 2022. Mm-hmm. Right, so these are some good news for the yes. office REITs listed here. And in fact, they did report stronger uh, results for the latest quarter yeah, well, as let, well. Yeah, mm. let, let's see if we have more good news coming in for the rest of the week. We have about mm-hmm. uh, two more minutes to go. So, you know, sure. your good news, nice and bite-sized, please. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. You yes. know, there are some macro data coming in, right? You know, the April non-oil domestic export REITs mm. was... Uh, Released this morning, uh, growth rates was at a slower pace compared to March. Mm. But, you know, even though it missed the medium forecast, it is still at the 17th straight month of growth. And of course, despite this data, we are all, you know, keeping our eyes peeled on the final print of Singapore's first quarter GDP, which mm. is also scheduled for this week. And this will help us assess how the country has done as a whole uh, mm. this past quarter. Mm-hmm. Of course, something to, to end off uh, today, uh, something yes. really exciting for the Singapore market is the New kid on the block. Of <laughs> Correct. Expected listing of new is an uh, electric uh, EV uh, manufacturer oh. that is headquartered in Shanghai. Listing mm. expected to be this Friday, mm. right? So postal listing is expected to be among the largest listed companies on SGX with a market cap of close to thirty billion Singapore dollars. Right. So, okay. so something very interesting about this company is that you know they have been an innovator in new technologies, and some of their flagship models are also among the top selling battery. Uh, SUVs in China. Mm. Something really interesting and uh, nugget about this company, they have this proprietary battery swap technology, which means that you can allow buyers to just buy the vehicle itself and then lease the batteries afterwards. You know, it has ensuring a lower upfront cost. Ah. Mm, very interesting, right? Yeah, yes. and buyers can then opt for this battery subscription scheme, which means that they will only need to swap the batteries in the car, right? Which only takes about a few minutes instead of leaving their cars to charge, which may take up to hours. That is that is not just good for the company. It's, it's actually um, excellent news for to encourage convenient, people to go right, green correct. as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's very convenient for, mm-hmm. the, for the buyers as well. Mm. So I think, you know, the main market that Neo is operating in, which is China, is actually the uh, largest battery EV market in 2020. Mm-hmm. And it accounted for close to half of global sales. And this market in China is also expected to grow at a faster uh, pace uh, mm-hmm. at a kegel of close to 45% mm-hmm. from 2020 to 2025. Mm-hmm. Of course, going forward, the firm aims to not grow just within China itself, but also expand internationally so that you can benefit from the rising demand uh, across the entire globe. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's certainly mm. a stock to uh, uh, IPO to look forward to, and that's Definitely. happening on the 20th of May, right? Correct, yeah, so, expected. Yeah. yeah, Candice, thank you so much for speaking with us. I love how comprehensive you are. Uh, you know, it's thank really you. educational as well for a lot of us, especially mm-hmm. like people like me, and you know, retail investors <laughs> don't know that much. So, thank you so much, uh, Candice Lee. Thank you. Mark thank and you, Thank you, thank you. A market analyst from SGX, Ms. Lee, Candice Lee on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, 
Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.